Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast. We are here on, uh, I guess it's Saturday, January 22nd, uh, day after uh, another crushing loss um, for this team as they've now lost 9 of 10 games in January. Uh, Just past the midpoint season, now at game 42, and so it feels like a good time to talk about where the Magic are at and what might be in store for the rest of the season, and then kind of get a good checkup on everything going on with the Orlando Magic. And to do that, I'm joined once again by Orlando Magic Daily co-editor, Brett Roberts. Brett, how are you doing today? Have you recovered from last night's debacle? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I watched the Hornets again tonight, and yeah, I'm not a Knicks fan or anything, but I'm becoming a Porzingis fan, and, and they just took Porzingis in the Knicks down too. So uh, good things happening in Charlotte. It was a pity it had to start with us. Yeah, it really, it, it really was, but you know, you kind of see – what confidence will do for a team. I think that's that's the big lesson from that. You could just kind of feel, I mean, obviously you weren't in, in the building last night well, like I was, but you could, you could feel a lot of the confidence just swelling for the Hornets as they were coming back into that game. And, and a lot of it had to do with Kimball Walker and, and all the great things that he was able to do getting into the lane. But, you know, I, I said this in, in, in the recap podcast last night. It, it really felt like, it was on the magic to make a stop. Obviously, you have a 19-point lead at home. You're doing everything right, and all of a sudden, you just kind of click it off or you can't quite execute the same way. And it, it was really hard to figure out exactly what happened. Can you put a finger on why things seem to turn the other way for the magic uh, on Friday night? Well, I mean, in that game, the defense was just horrendous from both sides. Yes, you know? absolutely. I, so I think that was, was something that, that got lost. All-star exhibition of guys just going out and scoring. So, so to say that I had any real kind of observations from that game that I would say are extremely valid and durable or anything that you can really project, no, not so much. I mean, the Magic were playing horrible defense. Charlotte was playing horrible defense. Nicholas Batum wasn't even playing, and he he frequently gives the Magic headaches. So... That's just not a good sign, Phil, when when you're not even beating Charlotte without the guy that's basically been having their best season for him, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just generally not been a good sign all month. Uh, you know, again, it was another game where Scott Skiles said, I mean, we didn't compete for, for stretches of the game. And, and that's that, that part to me is, is the most unacceptable at all. Um, it, 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 I wrote about it in my sidebar after the game. It, it you know, it feels like the team is getting really tight in those moments when they're getting pressured, and it feels like they, they just can't take a punch from other teams. I mean, we've seen it time and time again during this losing during this losing streak. They play in Toronto. They play uh, against Detroit. They took they took a punch early and never were in that game. Uh, they they took a punch, you know, against the Raptors in, in the second quarter and recovered well, but you know, uh, too late. They didn't they didn't play for a half and 
and that put them in too deep of a hole. They took a punch mm-hmm. in Atlanta and had no chance. Philadelphia gave them a punch, and and they were de- they were pretty much down for the count until they got desperate uh, late in the fourth quarter. Again, too little, too late. And again on Friday night, Charlotte punched them, and and it, the team was just never the same. It's it, it, it's the frustrating thing to me is the gro- the team's just not showing growth in this area. They're not showing this resiliency that we thought that they not mastered, but but were showing a little bit. Um, in the early parts of the season, so you know, it, it, it's something that just continues to come up and up, come up again and again. That this team is just not displaying the traits that they had earlier in the season, and so frustration has really grown that that they can't, they they're not playing the same way. They, we know they can play a certain way, and they're not doing it. And I mean, I, I don't know what 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 else do you see that 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 might that's just kind of baffling and baffling with this team differently. Well, you know, one thing I was keying in on early in the year, if you remember in our last podcast, maybe in December even, I'm not sure when, was that the Magic really had won, been winning close games. But, you know, looking at this last losing streak, they lost to Cleveland by 25, they lost to Detroit by 26, Indiana by 9, Washington again by 6, and then lost by 9 again to uh, Philadelphia last night, Atlanta by 17. These, these weren't close games. The Magic have not been in all these games and losing in overtime as they did in Toronto and, and uh, Charlotte, well, in London, but against Toronto. Um, so, no, it's not just a matter of, oh, we got to execute better down the stretch or something like that. They have to get back in games. They're not even playing competitively. It's, I, think, I think a big thing is, is, just, is there's just been this huge drop-off. Um, and it's a lot of the Magic's key players are just not playing well. Um, and... and you know, we were kind of talking before we, we got on the air about you know taking guys away from team and what hap- what teams and what happens to them. But with this Magic team, it's more their best players are not playing well. And and Skyle said this at the beginning of the season, and I think we all kind of sensed this without a, a you know true All Star primary option type guy that this team's margin for error, particularly on offense, was really thin. That mm-hmm. they they needed to be playing really well together and to be staying within the system to give themselves a chance to win ball games consistently, to, to, to be in games and to win and to win. And right now I think Vucevic is probably playing his worst basketball this season. Alfred Payton since he came back from injury has not looked the same. Uh, and really since he got hurt in the first place has not looked the same. Uh, Evan Fournier is in, is in a shooting slump right now. That's obviously got him parked up, got him coming off the bench for, for now. Uh, Tobias Harris has kind of been missing in action. I mean, really the only two players that are playing really well are Victor Oladipo and, and Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon's not going to score you a lot of points and kind of keep the ball and, and maybe keep the ball moving in the same way that an Evan Fournier would or Nikola Vucevic would or Tobias Harris would. Um, even Victor Oladipo is not necessarily the greatest passer in the world, although he, he does do a lot of that too. Uh, it's It's just been a weird, weird time for this team where they're offensively they're not getting their best, and defensively, they're they're not certainly not playing to their best either. Uh, it's, it's it's a very complicated thing to diagnose exactly what's going wrong with this team, um, and it's it's not just that the team's too young. There's enough viable pieces on this team, but it seems like, and it might just be my observation that guys are, are starting to play for numbers now. We didn't see any of that early in the year when. When everybody was averaging 15 points a game, you know, to be uh, over simple, simple about it. But um, 
you know, I don't I don't want to think that Nikola Vucevic is, is stepping back and thinking now now I have twenty if I make this shot or or anything like that. But the, certainly the ball movement hasn't been anything close to what it was earlier in the season. Yeah, and, and you you mentioned that, and that was that was something actually Scott Skiles I think brought up last or last night after the loss of the Hornets uh, in his press conference. He said, you know, it kind of felt like sometimes. Guys were saying, "Oh, it's my turn. I'm gonna, you know, go go get mine." When, you know, if you run the offense correctly, the ball is going to find you at some point during the game to help you supposedly get yours in that sense. And, you know, I I think about that a little bit, and I do think there's there is some merit to it. I don't think it's from a necessarily selfish standpoint. I think a lot of the problems in the last, you know, three weeks now with the Magic is. There's just this desire to do better, and they're trying to force it. That, that everyone like there, there are a lot of guys who feel a lot of responsibility on this team uh, that just are trying to will this team to that level again, but they're trying to do it on their own a little too much. And yes, teams have been taking them a little bit out of their out of their offense, and they're not passing as sharp, which I think is really key to this offense. Is making a crisp, clean pass, making a, a firm, sure catch, and moving immediately off the catch. You can't let the ball slow down in that sense. you got to keep it moving just to get the defense to move and react um, rather than letting them get set. But you know, I, I sense that the team is trying to force their way back into uh, good play, and, and that's not how you're going to do it, obviously. You've got to do it together. You've got to do it within the system uh, that's been set up or within the offense that's been set up, uh, and you can't worry – that you're not gonna not gonna get yours, or that it's not gonna come around to you, or try and force it um, in that way. It's it's been rough this this stretch because there isn't a clear cut alpha right now. There isn't a clear cut guy to turn to turn the ball to and, and get things done. And you know I think we're you know the two games that maybe the Magic had the best chance of winning were two games that Victor Oladipo played really really well and seemed to become that type of guy. And so maybe Oladipo coming back to to, to his earth so to speak. Uh, is a good sign for the Magic and their offense that they can that they can right the ship. But at the same time, I still feel like the defense is a much bigger issue for, for them. I, I guess what really strikes me is I'm not sure how you go to right this ship. I'm not sure what changes Scott Skiles can try that he hasn't already tried that are really going to turn things around at this point. You know, And then, I don't know if that's an overwhelmingly pessimistic thought, but maybe this roster is not a, you know, a playoff roster yet. And maybe that maybe that's even too easy to tell at this point. But what tinkering do you begin to make with the roster? What kind of moves need to happen? Because I and you and I have talked before. Can can this team win with Vucevic as its starting center? Can it win with Alfred Payton and, and Oladipo starting in the backcourt? It seems there's con- some construction mistakes in in the roster and the nucleus of this team. You know, I think these are the very questions that the Magic wanted to answer last year, but but couldn't because of just massive failures everywhere uh, in, in a lot of different places. But, you know, I think the general consensus was the coaching just, just did not rise to a level to put the players in positions to succeed. Um, so we didn't learn a lot about this roster that, that maybe we wanted to learn entering the season uh, to, to help the team make decisions on guys. Uh, same, they're, they're trying to learn that now. And, and maybe that's the thing that, that they've learned is – okay, which of these players, how do these players fit? They, they obviously don't fit perfectly. Um, they're still missing something. So how do we get that thing that we're missing? How, who are we willing to give up to get that thing? 
who must we keep? Who is our who are our untouchable guys? And you know, I think as the season's gone on, it's been pretty clear that a no one on the roster should be completely untouchable. That everyone can be everyone on the roster can be attained. Uh, but b but b also that you know there's still some good players on this team. You know, it may be an imperfect fit, but but I think they proved through the first quarter of the season that they can play at a playoff level. They can play at a pretty good good level of play and make the playoffs. They've just got to show that consistency. And, you know, I think the biggest mistake that was made in constructing this roster was not bringing in a veteran to kind of show them the way, grab them by the shirt collar at times and, and bring, them, bring them along with them to a victory. This team is you know, for all intents and purposes, has never won in the NBA. Um, they, you know, winning 20, 25 games is part of the rebuilding process, and it's a tough part of the rebuilding process. Uh, but now you've got guys who are expecting a lot more from themselves, are, are, have experienced a little bit of success in a limited sense, but they've never dealt with going through these struggles and coming through them. Uh, the, the, the self-doubt that's going on in this locker room right now um, is frankly a very real self-doubt, I think, and and they need some some way to pull through it. And the hole's only going to get deeper until they do. And th- I think that's the big thing that's missing is just a, a, a general veteran presence to calm them down and get them running their stuff rather than pressing the way that that they have. Right. I mean, it's it's it, you know when I and with the trade deadline coming up in, in about a month. Uh, you know, Rob Hennigan does have a lot have a lot of big decisions to make. It does have a lot of options to make. Uh, losing the last two games that they lost um, are not good for this. Are not a good look for this team, and, and certainly should not inspire confidence. You know, you lose to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is playing a lot better than than they were before, and, and right now is playing better than the Magic, no doubt about it. Um, losing to Philadelphia on your home floor when you absolutely need a win, it, it felt like a must win game. It's completely yeah, unacceptable, it was. especially it was. especially the way that they played that game, lacking a lot of energy, lacking a lot of fire, kind of sleepwalking through that game. Losing a 19-point lead at home against an injury-riddled Charlotte team, a team you're fighting off to stay ahead of in the standings. With, with tonight's win over the Knicks, the Hornets are now tied with the Magic uh, for, for fourth place in the Southeast Division. So the Magic you know, are essentially no longer out of the, ba- the quote-unquote basement of their own division. Mm-hmm. Um, it's those kind of games are again a team in your weight class. You've got to beat that team. You had them down. You've got to put them away. And again, it felt like a must-win game with this road trip coming up, with the schedule toughening in February and March. Uh, it was a huge missed opportunity. And so right. there, there, you know, there should be a lot of questions being asked of this team. But uh, to getting back to the to the trade deadline point, with the deadline coming up, you know, the Magic have two competing interests to to weigh here. And it's their long-term future, which they clearly care a lot about, and trying to build up to a championship team. And do we just make a move to make this team better for the playoffs like, and try to make the playoffs? Can, can we make a move that improves our long-term but also keeps us in position to go for the postseason this year? And, and that's, a, that's a big question for sure, too, because you know, you're going to have to give up something to get something significant in return. So what are you willing to give up? I mean, it can't be too skewed in any one direction. You're not going to lease this season off to make the playoffs when it's going to screw you long term. You know that's not yeah. that's not in yeah. play. That's not smart. Yeah, at the same hand, if you can make a move that would strengthen the team just enough to make the playoffs without taking too much of a hit long term, 
you know, he- hedging your bets. If, if it works out favorably, you do it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, that said, I'm not sure what move could be made that on a single, pre- you know, acquire one for one trade or a two for two trade that is instantly going to render the Magic a playoff contender. Um, you know, and and the the, the players that other teams are going to want are going to be the ones that we want to give up the least. That's just logic, you know. So, you know, until we start hearing about some potential rumors and and some players that are definitely on the market, I don't even know where to begin to look at that problem, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, I think the obvious guy is, is Evan Fournier. Uh, with with his struggles now, he's kind of come back down to earth from his hot start. You don't really know what his value is going to be on the market, but at the same time, I do think he's a really good kind of secondary piece where, you know, there's a lot of guys on this Magic team who need the ball. I don't think Evan's a guy that necessarily needs the ball to be effective uh, on the offensive end because of the way he spaces the floor, and that's obviously something the Magic really need. Then again, you make that decision, that trickles down the roster. You got, now what do you do with Victor Oladipo? Now what do you do about Mario Hazonia coming up? How much are you really willing to spend to keep Evan Fournier? Um, you know, these are big questions that the Magic knew they'd have to answer. These aren't, I mean, it's not like these are surprises that the Magic would have to answer these questions, uh, but, but these are questions that the Magic knew they'd have to answer and, and would, um, you know, would have to address. Um, maybe they didn't think it would be quite in this way, and I think that's kind of where this season has kind of gone. It's really been a tale of two quarters of the season almost, uh, almost because it's not quite been um, a quarter of the season that the Magic have really struggled. But um, this team was really good at one point. I mean, it's, it's, not like the, it's not like it felt like some type of blip. Yeah, the Magic weren't beating a lot of really good teams. They're, they still have, I think, only three wins against teams that are above 500. Uh, but... You know, this team didn't sit at 19 and 13 for no reason. Like, mm-hmm. they, they still have that in them. Uh, what, you know, when you, when you, you know, pull the camera lens back a little bit, you know, not just focusing on January itself, how do you assess the magic in their first half of the season? Well, I mean, I think with our, our the midseason report card I did, the overwhelming amount of Bs kind of told the story. With most of the players playing B seasons, a B grade, to be clear, um, you know, the team, I give them a B as well. The Magic, they've exceeded all expectations that most people had for them. I know that's a very couched in vague, vague terms kind of statement. But even ESPN projected them to win, what was it, 27 I games? I think they had them at like 27 or 30, 30 games. Yeah, I mean, I think 27. That, that, I, I don't know how much to believe that panel. I think the panel was even kind of admitting that it was a little little scared yeah. and, and not quite on the money, but... At any it's hard rate, to see them nobody, winning only seven more games rest this year. Let's let's just put it that way. Yeah, and, and not too many people expected them to begin the season nineteen and thirteen either. No, so, no. and that so it certainly shifted our expectations for the final half of the season as well. It did, and I think we need to keep in mind our initial expectations, and then take a step back and say, you know, a couple games under five hundred isn't so horrible for a team that was so horrible itself for three years straight. Sure, and and I think when I look at the first half of the season, I, I you know. Even even in the midst of this losing streak, I do look at it as as a relative success. Uh, you know, the team has shown strides and shown that they are capable of winning and, and playing good, really good basketball at a at a high level for for long stretches. Maybe not against the elite competition, 
Uh, but we, but I think we also knew that 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 limitation was already in place with the way the roster was built. That they, they're still not an elite team. They're they're kind of a bottom of the playoff ring team, which is what they needed to be and prove that they they could be, so that we could kind of get a sense of where they could grow from there. Uh, you know, what's disappointed me most has been the inconsistency. Uh, you know, Skiles has always made his teams strong defensive teams, and I think we expected the offense to struggle at stretches, and so. Uh, maybe not this bad, but uh, it certainly was expected that the Magic would have some offensive struggles. What wasn't expected was that the defense would go up and down this much. Uh, essentially, they were a top 10 defensive team for the first quarter of the season, and now you know they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They're bottom 10 defensive teams in the league. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a stunning turnaround, and it's um, – not necessarily scheme. It's it's about you know what what Skiles and, and what other players would call second efforts. It's making the making the block you know contesting the shot on one play and getting back to your man to box him out and keep him off the glass on the next. It's coming down to help the helper and then shooting back out to contest the the three on the man you left behind. It's it's those kind of plays that have been a lot more inconsistent and those are the plays that make or break a defense and. It, you know, one thing I don't think you ever want to question with any basketball team is effort. You can you can always say, well, the scheme could be a little bit better. Um, they could execute a little bit better, or you know, he just doesn't quite have the ability. But effort itself, making those little moves, like not being aware or precise enough to to recognize and and, and you know locate the play and, and make the right play is is frustrating. And and the fact that. We saw early in the season, and I think this is where the, the real kind of panic at this stage of the season has kind of set in and where um, kind of the frustration is, is that we know that they can do these things and they just aren't. And, and that's the disappointing part so far right now. And that's, that's the frustrating part at this point right now. It, it, is, it's not the record that, that anyone's disappointed with. I think people are... You know, not happy that the record is what they are, but but if you told told me in October that this would be their record, I'd be pretty happy. What's frustrating is is that the play seems to be getting worse now as the season goes on, um, rather than getting better, and, and it's been decreasingly worse. They started off with really good energy at the beginning of the season, started tailing off in December. Um, it was something that that was being warned about throughout um, throughout December, even while they were winning, and now in January it seems to have, have bottomed out a little bit, and and they're searching for a style of play that, that they've already attained, essentially. You remember earlier in the season when we were talking about what had changed from last year, mm-hmm. and I kept pointing to accountability. Yes. Players were holding each other accountable earlier in the season, and that's already started to fade and disappear. Um, you don't see as much communication on the court anymore. Guys slapping one another on the ass and saying, you know, step up, try harder next time down the court. It doesn't seem like that same level of accountability is there anymore. And, and I don't know what happened to it, how that just, you know, dissipated in the course of half a season. But there needs to be more communication and more yelling at one another. And, and some of those things, you the, you can't even necessarily read the lips or know exactly what they're saying, but you can see it on their face. They're saying, hey, step up. Let's, let's do this together. It's just gone. The cooperation is gone. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting you, 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 you characterize it like that, and, and it's hard to tell. Um, it really is hard to tell. It's not something that we can quite put a complete finger on. Um, you know, the players say they're talking about these things behind closed doors and, and saying the right things, and they're saying the right things to the media at least, but we're not seeing action, and, mm-hmm. and it takes action. I mean, you can say all the right things you want. 
you want, but if, if you can't make the play, you can't make the play. And, you know, with some of the injuries the Magic have had, and they've had injuries to key guys, um, you know, I really think they are missing C.J. Watson as, as much as he's been a little ridiculed, uh, you know, for being out for so long with, with the calf strain or whatever the actual injury is. Mm-hmm. Um, they really miss him because he's, he's, he's a very calming presence. He can shoot the three. Um, you look at the plus-minus numbers with him on the floor, the Magic were playing really well with C.J. Watson on the floor. Um, you know, it, whether, Alfred yeah, Payton, it, whether Alfred Payton's 100% and ready to play defensively, um, you know, his defense has, has really been bad since he, since he got hurt um, the first time, since he, since he sprained his ankle. He's letting point guards in, and it's really just those basic things. It's, it's not anything complex within the scheme. It's really basic things of keep your man in front of you, be aggressive, you know, force the force the offensive player to do what you want him to do rather than what he wants to do, and trust that your teammates behind you will help you out. And that that trust doesn't quite seem to be there. And and that's that's been the more concerning part for me, at least while I'm watching this team. You know, you and I know that losing a player like C.J. Watson can absolutely have an effect. But I don't know that everybody does. Uh, a lot of people hear you say C.J. Watson's been out. Their their answer is so what, you know. But no, they, I've, they they've absolutely missed C.J. Watson, and but that that highlights another aspect of the team when you're talking about mo- losing your back backup point guard and being that bad off. The the Magic need more depth at guard. They need some more shooters. And the fact that C.J. Watson was counted on to be both a backup guard and a shooter is another you know it's taking another vital cog out of the machine. But that just it, to me, it shows more of a deficiency in the magic when you lose one rotation player and it shoots you in the shoots you that hard, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like at the same time, though, like yeah, we say that, and and I think it's it's all theoretical, and I think we could see how much he'd help in this moment. But at the same time, uh, you know, I don't think it's it's absolutely crushing. I don't think it's something that that they can't recover from because they've played well without him, but you know, this season. Uh, right. I think he was out. He was out of the lineup or his last game that he played was before the magic made this lineup change, made the big lineup change with sending Victor Oladipo to, to the bench. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I agree with, with the idea of that. And I agree that right now it, it feels like they really could use CJ Watson, but just like everything else with this team, they've shown they can play without him. They've shown they can play better, play like a different team. I mean, they had, they had the best record in, in the Eastern conference, at least in the month of December. They had the third best record in the league, if I'm not mistaken, in December. They were legitimately playing really, really, really well and, and putting themselves firmly in the playoff spot, and all of a sudden the calendar turned and, and the lights switched off. Right. I mean, it certainly was coming. Like It wasn't like no one saw this coming. Skiles was warning about it. I was, I was telling people, and you know, people were like, relax, we're winning, we're winning, we're winning, and it was just like the process isn't, isn't there. It's not, they're not mm-hmm. doing things that will sustainably keep them winning because th- this isn't a team that's going to shoot that shoot as well as they did um, shoot as well as they did coming down the stretch uh, or coming down the stretch in, 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 in mid December, like they were. Um, we, we knew that. And that's kind of what's happened now that the offenses has cratered and the defense hasn't picked up the slack. And at times even the offense affects the defense and, and that's a problem. Well, it's part of, you know, you talked so much last year and even into early this year about having an identity. Yep. And the Magic had begun to establish one of a team that pays, plays really pestering defense that creates offense through its defense. With the defense having gone to pot, the offense isn't being created from it anymore. And, you know, the last night against the Hornets, the Magic had zero fast break points in the first half. None. 
I don't know how many they got in the second half. It wasn't many. Ended up with and, eight, I believe. Okay, so eight, so eight in the second half, none in the first half. This is a team that, that, that can benefit from playing at a fast pace and forcing the other team into silly errors. And instead, the Magic were the ones making them in the half court. 19 turnovers, nine of which came in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You, I mean, you're not going to win a lot of games when you're turning the ball over almost 20 times, never mind when half of those are in the last quarter. So, you know, those those are just – it's they're, they're, they're missing the mark by so much in those couple areas that it's like to, to simply diagnose it as, oh, we need C.J. Watson back or uh, Alfred Payton needs to play tougher defense when you know what kind of ball Kemba Walker's playing lately. Um I, it's it's I don't envy Skiles at all right now. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's been left with some difficult decisions. I thought the first lineup choice was a very difficult decision because Oladipo does a lot of good things, and to move him to the bench was was a had to be a difficult decision and and had consequences obviously, and and it worked out. It, it balanced the lineup well. Uh, what did what do you think of the current lineup change? We we finally saw Aaron Gordon get into the starting lineup. Um, we, we, we suspected that he would at some point um, in the season, probably maybe even about this time of the season, that he'd be ready yeah. to, to jump into the starting lineup. Uh, what did you think of the decision to, a, to to bring Gordon into the lineup and to take Fournier out of the lineup in favor of Oladipo at this, at this point? Is, is, is that going to, you know, it obviously gave them a little bit of a jolt Friday, but is that going to be sustainable? Can, can, can this lineup work? I think it can, you know, and I've been on the start of Aaron Gordon train for quite some time. Um, when we wrote it over the summer, if you remember, two or three of our seven staffers picked Gordon. I didn't. I picked Edmund for that fifth starter. But, you know, Aaron Gordon is, has earned a starting role at this point with his play and his hustle. Is he How good is he going to be? None of us know that yet. You know, we already do know what Victor Oladipo is. And both of them are athletes, so getting them into the starting lineup is is not a bad move in any in any sense of the imagination. Um, I do worry about the second unit now, though. Um, uh, it's Fournier's not at his best when he has to put, be a, such a playmaker, and Oladipo's energy was really helping off the bench. But at this point, something else had to be tried. We were all on that page. The Magic had lost eight out of nine games, and now nine out of ten, and without making some changes that's the way coaches end up out of jobs and Scott Skiles is, is making changes and trying everything he can because you can't just give up on the season and say, Oh, well, I guess we're out of it now, guys. We're two games below 500. They're still right in the thick of this. Yeah, turn it around. Yeah. Turn it around. You And the schedule gets a little easier here coming up. Memphis no, 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 isn't playing. Well, very for the very near immediate future. Memphis isn't playing fantastic. No, Milwaukee's no. horrible. And Boston is a fair matchup for us playing back to back nights. Yeah. After that, February gets brutal. Yeah. But, you know, these next four games, the Magic's will try to walk away with three wins and then maybe I, I, I get back I, on track. Well, as, as Scott Skiles said, um, they need a win more than anything else at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think I think the whole focus should be on let's let's go get Monday and then we'll worry about Tuesday. Um, uh-huh. You know, to if, if they can if they can I think if they can split the next four games, you know, the the, the boat will be steadied. Um, because Eastern Conference, frankly, has kind of sunk with the Magic a little bit. They're, they've fallen out of the playoff, uh, out of the playoff positioning, out of the playoff pole position. Uh, but you know they're two games back of the eighth seed, so they're they're not out of it by any means. And you know even with l- losing nine of ten games, they're still in the conversation, which is what we all wanted and what we expected from this season anyway. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the lineup change was probably the right one. I thought Gordon definitely should be in the lineup. Um, you know, people probably know me as a little bit of a Channing Fry defender, uh, and, and that's only because um, when you look at the numbers, you see how valuable he is to this team. He does spread the floor. There is a measurable effect to what he does. The only problem is he is completely ineffective when everyone else is playing like they have been this month. Uh, he needs the players around him to play well and set him up and to take advantage of what he does. Other players have to play. Uh, everyone has to play well. And so when the ball's not moving like it has been uh, for the last month, for the last three weeks, yeah, Fry's going to be really ineffective. And so I think moving him out of the starting lineup at this at this point is the right decision. Um, I thought it might have been possible to start. I, I thought Aaron needed to be in the lineup no matter how you put it, put him in there. I, I, I was I was toying a little bit with the idea of moving Tobias to the bench, letting him kind of take over that that ball control role that, that Oladipo was looking for and then bringing Oladipo back in to get good balance between the two units. Um, but again, Oladipo and Fournier have been measurably the Magic's two best players in January, and it makes sense to get them in the starting lineup. Start with your best foot, get a, you know, start with the lead, and you know, kind of work the rotation to make sure there's balance. To make sure you know either uh, Tobias Harris is playing with the second unit, so you have a creator, or Oladipo is playing with the second unit, or Peyton's playing with the second unit because you can bring Oladipo in, into the point guard position and and have Fournier in there. Um, I thought it might even have been possible to start Oladipo over Peyton with the way Peyton's played lately because Oladipo, uh, Oladipo, the Oladipo, Fournier, Harris, Gordon, Vucevic lineup has actually been very successful this year if you look at the numbers. And, and even during this month, it's been, it's been one of the more successful lineups. So, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately they made a decision that was about bringing energy and, and kind of setting a tone defensively. Oladipo and Gordon are the two best individual defenders. Um, I don't think we got to see a whole ton of that because Gordon picked up early foul trouble on Friday. Uh, but it, 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 I think it was the right move, and I think through one game it proved to work out, and I think that's a good sign. Um, I think it. I think that's ultimately a, a step in the right direction. But again, like you said, there are, it's not a choice I envy Skiles over, and it wouldn't surprise me if he has to make another lineup change again uh, at some point down the road, which I think is is a scary statement to have, and says a lot about where this team is at and and in the rebuild and and what's on the roster. Yeah, and I really shouldn't have looked at the schedule a few minutes ago because yeah, Feb- February is just. Oh man, this is bad. Um, I already knew it was, but just looking at it again makes it even more evident. Oh man. Um, so I hope, you know, that when I come back from Florida on the twenty fifth and come back to Kentucky after that Golden State game, that there's much left of this season. Yeah. So I mean, awful that, thought. That, yeah. that that February stretch, especially before the All Star break. Um, is going to tell us what direction we go in the rest of the season, um, to mm-hmm. be frank. Uh, whether the playoffs are still a realistic goal or whether it's time to, you know, pl- you know, definitely start Aaron or give Mario a few more minutes, give him a longer leash, um, which I think they need to do anyway. I don't think, I don't think they're, they're letting Mario play. He's, I mean, he's thinking out there a little too much, but, uh, um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, they're, it's a, it's I mean, a, in February it's a, they played nothing but contenders through the first half of the month. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's a challenging time for the Magic right now in in every way. Um, it it really is a challenging time, and and they've got to figure it out. Uh, it, it's I don't think it's necessarily something that's up to the coaching staff or up to uh, anyone else but the players. The players have got to figure this out, and and that's. 
that's tough to do. That's tough to ask uh, ask them to do because it's it's hard for us to break that down and otherwise and say they got to figure it out. I mean, it, it, no, and they don't have all day to they don't have all day to sit around and watch film and practice every single day. And making these midseason adjustments is, is probably every bit as hard as it looks to us, you know, to come in and say, well, this isn't working. Let's try this tonight and do that for eighty two games. That's that's a lot, you know, and um, to take a step back and actually look at how this all happened. It won't maybe happen until the offseason that the Magic can say, okay, well, here's the the tinkering we're going to have to do to make this a better basketball team. In season, adjusting on the fly is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, it is. And so I think I think that's a good good stage to look ahead to, to the second half of the season. I think we've looked pretty intensely at, at, at uh, up and down first first half. But the second half of the season, you know, aside from the basic let's make the playoffs – what do you want to see from the magic? What, what constitutes a successful second half of the season outside of winning more games? So, so what factor okay. is going to win them more games uh, now from now until, till the end of April? You know, with a young team like this, if we're going to talk aside from wins and losses, what I'd like to see is for t- these guys to start working on some of their weaknesses. Because that a lot of these guys are going to be back next year, and a lot of those guys the year after that. And until the, these players, they're all young players, start working on their weaknesses and getting good at things they're not they're not typically very good at doing, they're going to remain exactly where they're at. And you know what I was saying when I, in Victor Oladipo's report card, he's basically got even better at doing the things he was already good at, and not not at all improved in the things where he, the areas where he was weak. Um, and that, that's kind of a harsh criticism to lay on him, but it's, that's it's, fair, it's, it's fair. And then it has to apply team wide for Alfred Payton. It means he has to continue to shoot shots. He's not comfortable shooting until he is comfortable shooting them. Aaron Gordon, it means not picking up silly fouls and charging people down on out of control, fast breaks. One kept down this little mistake and that little mistake team wide on a team wide basis. You know, every player improving a little bit. Eventually that results in wins. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you're more saying players need to play within themselves more. Yeah, and rather work on... than rather than play in a way that kind of accentuates their weaknesses. Because Victor, I mean, I think we're seeing right now Victor Oladipo come kind of regress back to his mean um, after he struggled to start the season, uh, and he, he's he's not going to all of a sudden though start going to the line six, seven, eight times for six, seven, eight free throws per game. That's, that's not going to happen all of a sudden. He's not going to suddenly shoot 60% at the rim and make every shot he, he shoots at the rim. That's not what, you, you know, you don't go from 48% uh, at, at, to start the season to, to league average like 56, 57%. That, that's not going to happen. He's going to be a below average shooter at the rim, but he will get better, obviously. He will regress to his mean a little bit. Um, I'm not expecting Alfred Payton to dramatically improve his shot. I just like you, like you said, I want him to continue feeling confident enough to take the shots when they're presented to him. Um, that's that's just the place to start, though. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think like I think like saying that a player needs to play within himself and and within what he can do and what he can contribute to the team is the right thing to do. It's it's not a time to play hero ball like like we talked about earlier. It's a time to just do what you can do to help the team. And it can be a little bit frustrating because you feel a little boxed in and you know you can do more, um, but that time will come and you've got to kind of prove it in, in practice first. You've got to work on it during the summer, prove it in practice, and then you can bring it to a game. 
Uh, and, you know, right now is not the time to be trying new things. Now is the time to reinforce what you're good at and, and do that. Do that really well for your team. That's about it, yeah. Um, I guess we're kind of on the same page. When you take wins and losses out of it, you start actually seeing the nuts and bolts for what they're for. And you know, making tangible improvements this year that they, the Magic can say, when the season's over, say, you know, we gave our best effort for 82 games and, and we'll retool and come back and do this again next year rather than walking away with the attitude of, oh, man, we started out the season so good. What happened to us, you know? Yeah, and, and to me, that's, 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 that's what I want to see more in, in the second half of the season. I want to see consistency. Um, I think we, I, I talked about it a lot um, at the beginning of the season. Uh, that the team was just inconsistent. You didn't know what you were going to get from them every single night. Uh, we need to see consistency. That's what I think we saw in December. We saw a team that was confident. We saw a team that knew how it wanted to play and, and did it and did it and executed it well. Uh, and we saw a team that could improvise a little bit too within the system. Right now we're seeing a team that's pressing, that's not quite sure what it's supposed to be doing, uh, gives inconsistent effort. Uh, and and all that and all that and and that's that's a losing team and you know we say this all outside winning and losing but if you do those things if you play within yourself if you play with con- consistent effort you will win games I mean this team is too talented and too good not to they've shown that already again uh, and so the second half of the season needs to be kind of a return to a, a mindset of let me just help my team today I'm not going to worry about me I'm going to worry about us and if I do these things that that coach wants me to do that the system calls for me to do, and, and we all do it collectively, we will win games. And, and that's, that's kind of the attitude they need to get back to uh, if, if they're going to come out of this funk and, and stay in the playoff hunt. Yeah, yeah, I guess that sums it up. I was just looking back over the schedule again and remembering that West Coast trip we had in early December where they won against Minnesota, Utah, and Denver, losing to the Clippers and the Suns. And, you know, we finished that trip, the Magic were 12-10 and 10 at that point. And uh, that that to get back to that kind of basketball would be nice, but it the things so many little things have gone wrong that they almost have to be addressed on a on an issue by issue basis because you can't you can't tackle a whole mess of things all at one time and fix them all. And you got to start with the simplest issue first. And defensive actions, and I think that's that's you know defensive effort and focus and intensity, mm-hmm. uh, and and you you go from there. Uh, and I and yeah. I think I think. That's that's got to be the focus right now. I mean, I don't think there's 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 another way to say it. Um, that's that's what you got to do. Uh, before we close out tonight, because because we've been going now for for a little bit. Um, yeah. What are what do you want to see from from certain individual players? Uh, you know, like I want to hit the the hot button players. Uh, you know that 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 we're, that we're looking at and watching this year. Um, you know, Victor Oladipo had a very up and down first half of the year. He seems to have, have kind of found the play that, that had us talking about him potentially being an all-star uh, at the end of last season. Uh, what do you want to see from, from Victor Oladipo, and, and, and you know what, what can he still accomplish this, this season uh, for, for him and for his team? I, you know, real simple, I think the thing that Victor Oladipo could do more of is what he did last night, clutch stuff. Mm-hmm. Banking in the three that pushes the game to overtime, coming up with that steal that gave him their only lead of overtime. Uh, I want to see Oladipo seize those moments late in games because there's nobody on the Magic roster who has, who consistently steps up late in the game and tries to take over. And he might be the only one who's capable of doing it. Vucevic needs to be fed the ball. Victor Oladipo can already have the ball in his hands at the top of the arc and make things start. 
And and the Magic's best play still, I think, when we all came down and choose what 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 do we do if we need a bucket right now? It's an Oladipo Vucevic pick and roll. Yeah. So so I want the Magic to work on that that play Vucevic and, and Oladipo at the high pick and roll. Oladipo to embrace closing games and become become a a star on a team that doesn't have one, basically. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with that. I would add that you know I kind of want to see, uh, you know I. I think we need to see Victor Oladipo become the leader of this team. And I think he's taken steps, at least talking to the media, maybe not necessarily out beyond that. Um, you know, we, we don't know, obviously. But I, I want to see him uh, become a leader on the floor and in the locker room. I want to see him take, on, take that ownership, like you said, to take over games, to be the guy that sets the tone defensively, sets the tone uh, for how the team needs to play uh, in, in a lot of ways, I, I still think he is the Magic's best shot at an All Star in in the future that's currently on the roster. Uh, Vucevic puts up nice numbers, but until he improves his defense, I, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be an All Star anytime soon. Um, you know, he certainly could. I'm not saying he couldn't. He's forever gonna be on the cusp. I think you know he's definitely on the list, and he's the closest yeah. player the Magic have currently on the roster as far as for this year's All Star team to make the all-star all-star game, but he's obviously not, not there yet. Um, I, I think Oladipo has the talent to be really special, you know, maybe not that superstar type guy, but certainly a very, very good player. And, and it was disappointing and it was really disappointing to see him struggle the way he did at the beginning of the season because expectations and hopes were so high for him. Uh, he's starting to kind of bring that back. Um, the question is, can, can he, can you win with him playing the way he's playing? Uh, that's, that's a question that needs to be answered too. So, you know, I want to see him come to the forefront and see him continue to, to kind of take charge and mature like he has for the last two weeks almost now, uh, two, three weeks now, um, you know, considering the injury. Um, so it, I, I'm really watching him closely this, this second half of the season because, again, the Magic have a decision to make. And I don't think they can keep both Fournier and Oladipo long term. They may sign Fournier this summer, but to me that's a sig- sim- signal that – they're thinking of moving on from Oladipo, Oladipo because they have Hazonia waiting uh, in the wings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, it, a decision has to be made, and, and it needs, and you know, it needs to present itself and and, and be become clearer, maybe. But uh, you know, Oladipo's potential and talent uh, undoubtedly are there, and it's just about how, how do you use that effectively, and and how does Oladipo, you know, impress himself onto a game effectively? Right. Um, the next guy I want to ask you about is a guy that I get asked a lot about, uh, Mario Hizonia, his rookie year. He's obviously a guy a lot of people were really high on and, and had a lot of high expectations for. How do you assess how he's played this this so far this season in his rookie year, and, and what do you want to see from him during the second half? Um, I think he's done a decent job given the amount of minutes he's got. You know, he, he hasn't played it. Uh, overwhelming amount of minutes to where he's going to establish complete comfort being on the court. He's been aggressive on both ends of the court at times, you know, defensively, it's a little surprising. He's not quicker laterally than he is. He's not that fast moving side to side, um, which is surprising because up and down speed, he has a, he has a, you know, an abundance of it going up and down the court. Um, so I, you know, that, that'd be one thing for him to work on defensively is not letting guys get around him on the baselines and such, but you know, for, for a player that's as talented as he is and that's been playing at a high level of basketball since he was a kid, basically, you know, I think it's really just a matter of him adjusting to the NBA and, and given, given his time to do so. Um, Magic fans might not, not be real pleased watching Oli Towns is playing and Porzingis and even D'Angelo Russell, 
Um, you know, three of the guys taken ahead of him at Okafor. Well, then where's the fall off to the number five guy averaging four points a game? But I don't well, think that's fair. More, they're getting a ton more minutes than he is, too. I, I, that's what I say. I don't think that's fair. You know, Hazonia's playing at the Magic's most talented position, shooting guard and small forward. He has three really good veterans in front of him. So he's not going to just, you know, he, he's done he's done okay. He's done okay with the minutes he's had, to, to sum it up, basically. And what I want to see from him is, Maybe just more of what he's done, get more playing time. It's it's too the, the sample size based on his minutes is too small to say here's his weaknesses other than the lateral foot speed that I already mentioned. You know. Yeah, essentially, essentially, like his own. Like I get, I've gotten this a lot, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Uh, you know, people want more from Hazonia. They want him to contribute immediately. The Magic didn't draft him to to be a major contributor this year. They didn't expect him to average ten, twelve points per game off the bench. They, I think, he has produced. You know, maybe a notch below where they expected, but essentially he's producing what the team expected him to produce this year. He, he comes in, uh, he makes he makes a jumper occasionally, displays some athleticism, uh, is learning kind of the speed of the game uh, and, and the NBA NBA game in a lot of ways. He, he still forces his way in a little too much. He gets lost on defensive rotations, and you know, while the team wants to win, it's tough to have him out there because you don't trust him to make the right decisions. And offensively, right now, frankly. He's not giving you what you need offensively to keep him in there, and that's again making making three pointers. He hasn't made a lot of three. He hasn't made three pointers at a good rate this year, especially in January. Mm-hmm. Um, he's turning the ball over a lot. He's kind of forcing things. Uh, he, he's thinking a little bit too much out there. So, uh, you know, I've seen plenty of flashes. I, I do think he's still going to be a good player. If you're giving up on him after half a season like this, frankly, you're expecting too much out of him. Uh, I, He's going to be a lot better next year than he was this year. I think he will ha- have a great summer league. Um, he'll know what he needs to improve on you know, physically. He still needs to improve his body a lot. Uh, the defense, I think, will also improve as he has more understanding of what they're trying to do. But while the team's trying to win, it's tough to have him out there for very long. I do think the Magic need to lengthen his leash a little bit, let him play a little bit more, maybe make a few more mistakes. Uh, but they can't let him make the same mistake over and over again without sitting him down and, you know, letting him learn that learn learn by watching sometimes and and kind of just understand what he's trying to they're trying to do. Frankly, the Magic are trying to win, and that that goes above everything else. And if he can't help them win better than the guy next to him, he shouldn't be playing. And I think Azoni would agree on that too. And and you know, it it, it can be frustrating. I know with all the other rookies playing so well, but. You don't draft rookies for their rookie year. You draft them for their careers. And you can't judge Hazonia based on one year one year or half a season of how he's playing and how Skiles is using him. He's going to be fine. The guy takes coaching really well. He's a really smart player. His passing is as good as anyone else's on the team. He's going to be a valuable player for this team next year. I have no doubt of that. Um, if, he, if he continues to show some of the same struggles next year, then we can talk about him, you know, potentially not being what the Magic thought he was. But he's going to be a very, very good player. I don't know if he'll be a superstar. I don't think he'll be a superstar. But he will be a good good, good player and will be someone who can contribute to this team in the long term. Uh, you know, Teams will ask about him probably more than anyone else when it comes to trade deadline season. They may even insist on acquiring him. And the Magic will probably not give him up unless it's someone they really, really, really want. Like I mm-hmm. think that's how much they value him in. I'll probably put together a trade value column, you know, a la Bill Simmons, uh, in a couple weeks here, 
and, and trust me, Hazonia will be ranked very high on that, that trade value column. Yeah. I, I can guarantee that. Well, that was a good piece you did last year, so I'm glad you're repeating that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we've, been, we've been going on here for, for, a, little, for a little while, Brett. Uh, is there is there anything else you want to you want to talk about uh, before about the first half of the season before we close shop here? No, you know I I think this season has been a, a really interesting roller coaster ride already, and I'm not I'm not ready to write off the playoffs yet. I'm not also not ready to make to schedule my ticket to fly down there in April. I really don't know what's going to happen, and it's exciting that there's even something to watch for because. Last year, we were always looking for the silver linings. At least this year, there are some real silver linings. We're not just rummaging through a heap and saying, oh, well, so-and-so had a good great, good game tonight, but the team's 24-60 and 60 right now, you know? I, that's more games than 82, but any point, you get my point. I, no, no, I think, I think that's, yeah. that's been the biggest sign of growth and the biggest, biggest thing that, that we can say has been accomplished this year. Uh, there are no silver linings. If you try and bring up moral victories to the guys, they don't accept them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... They say, you know, it doesn't matter. We lost the game. Uh, that's that's important. That's an important step. And yep. uh, the team is getting to a point where they are winning these games. And uh, they aren't right now, obviously. Uh, but but they've been there. And uh, you know, it, it feels like they can still be they can still be there. Uh, and, and certainly they can get back there. Uh, and you know, I'll, I'll close I'll close it up with this thought. Uh, you know. This team, in, in a lot of ways, is similar to those late 90s, early 2000s teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of my baseline for comparing this because, you know, frankly, that was the last time the Magic were a, you know, quote-unquote, you know, what I call mediocre team, like an end-of-the-playoff team, 500 mm-hmm. team. Those teams went through stretches where they tore everyone up and they played incredibly well and look like world beaters that, you know, they could take down the Pistons in the first round. They, they, they've played, they've played like that. They played like that uh, in stretches. And then they'd go through stretches like this, where they lost a lot of games in a row or, you know, in stretches and they, they plummet down the standings. They bounce back, start winning games again, climb back up. Um, you know, that's yeah. the life of a team trying to scratch their way into the playoffs. And so, the, the thing that I foresee happening in the second half of the season, what I foresee happening is the Magic will come out of this. They'll start winning games again. They'll stay in the conversation. They'll accomplish that goal of staying in the conversation. The question that this team needs to answer is, can they snap out of this spell before it's too late, before the hole is too deep and they can't quite pull, together, pull together enough wins to get into the playoffs themselves? That's the question, and that's why I, th- I thought Wednesday's game against Philadelphia and Thursday and Friday's game against Charlotte were so important because those were good opportunities to start climbing your way out. And with February coming up and with March coming up, if they wait too much longer, it will be too late. And I, I, I think that's, that's what I see in the second half of the season will be the big question. Can they get themselves out of this? Can they right the ship? Can they get back to playing like they did through much of December? And get get themselves into the playoffs. Uh, you know, it won't be a failure if they don't. I, 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 the players should certainly view it as a failure if they don't. The coaches should certainly fail, view it as a failure. I would not view it as a failure if they don't make the playoffs. I would view it as a failure if they don't find a way to right the ship and find a way to uh, play with that intensity that they played with in November and December um, that, that seems to be missing right now. Yeah, I think that sums it up. You know, and, and just looking at March here and all the road games that are in March – 
they don't they don't have the, their work is absolutely cut out for them the rest of the year. This is not going to be easy, but we'll find out what the Magic are made of, won't we? Yeah, we absolutely will, and and you know that's why they play the games. We, we you know we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, no, you know they could they could swing a trade that that gets them that star that they're looking for. Uh, they could crater out and end up with twenty five wins again and, and be a complete disappointment and leave a lot of questions for us to answer. Uh, they could fall somewhere in the middle, win about thirty five games like we like like I expected at least that that some of us expected, and mm-hmm. uh, you know have a season that was a show of progress, but also a sign of uh, what they need to continue working on. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that median uh, thirty-five wins is our most likely outcome. Yeah, but to, to see it go in either extreme would not be uh, completely out of the realm of possibility. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will see, and, and we'll be here to chronicle it here on on Orlando Magic Daily. Uh, Brett, thanks for thanks for checking in here at the midpoint of the season. It was good to good to chat with you again on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be talking next time next time at the maybe the three-quarter pole or, or down by the trade deadline uh, with some happier tidings. Uh, it could be a great trade deadline. We never know. Yeah, it'll be – trade deadline's going to be interesting. The market is, uh, is, is I think, been very intriguing uh, to, to this point. Uh, it's obviously going to heat up more uh, before the February 19th trade deadline. Uh, so, Brett, thanks again for joining, for joining me. Uh, this is for, for Brett Roberts. Uh, this has been Philip Rossman Reich of Orlando Magic Daily. Thank you guys for listening to the Orlando Magic Daily podcast. We will catch you next time. See you later, people. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.